Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive fantastic selections the first quarter of 2016, beginning with the January 2016 selection of Perla Del Mar Cigars by J.C. Newman. In February, the Rocky Patel Royale Cigars were featured, and coming in March, the E.P. Carillo New Wave Reserva. Get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars shipped right to your mailbox. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. I welcome you to the formal gathering of alpha males across not only the United States but worldwide. And as proud alpha males, we will, of course, enjoy the good life. And that includes cigars, spirits, diversions, dice, dames, and, of course, with just a smattering of political incorrectness. We tell it like it is. We are proud to be Alpha's lieutenants. And as always, we have an action-packed program for you today. We'll talk a little bit about the debate that occurred two nights ago. We will get into some cigar-related newsworthy items, including, surprise, surprise, a proposal by the Obama administration to increase the cigar excise tax. But first, we will talk about... A man changing his name to something he loves. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. America's alpha male front and center, the foremost authority on the alpha male good life, preaching the good life gospel. And as we always like to say, long live the alpha. Because once the alphas go, this world is in deep trouble. We will not allow that to happen. As always, don't forget, check out CigarDave.com, a cornucopia of items, as well as our social media feeds, Twitter and Facebook. Just go to CigarDave.com and you can sign up and follow us. And I was quite active during the presidential debate uh, Thursday evening. But first up, lieutenants, I found this story and I thought, this is so heartwarming to see a man that loves a product so much that he wanted to change his name legally to the name of that product. A British man, Sam Smith, 33 years of age. I wonder if Mick the Brit knows him. If not, we should definitely have Mick the Brit find him. And as the colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations, Mick has access to all sorts of clandestine intelligence maneuvers. But Sam Smith was in a bar one evening, sounds like Mick the Brit, in a bar one evening drinking too much, in a pub, drinking too much, go figure that. And they had a conversation with he and his buddies about names. And so he decided, they all said, well, what would you change your name to? Well, he said, I'm going to change my name to a product that I love so much, a bacon double cheeseburger. So Sam Smith 
has legally changed his name to Bacon Double Cheeseburger. Now, Lieutenant says, if that is not heartwarming, I don't know what is. He said that his mom was furious, but his dad thinks it's hilarious. And he said the only person that's got a little bit of an issue with his new name, Bacon Double Cheeseburger, is his fiance. His fiance is fairly reluctant about marrying a man whose last name is Cheeseburger. And he said that's something we're discussing a lot. No girl ever dreams of spending her big day marrying a man called Bacon. I don't know about that. You can't go wrong with bacon. You can't go wrong with cheeseburger. So now Sam Smith, the man formerly known as Sam Smith, is known officially, legally as Bacon Double Cheeseburger, and he signs off his work emails and all his signatures as BD Cheeseburger, standing for Bacon Double Cheeseburger, BD Cheeseburger. And it got me thinking, if I were to change my name, what food products do I enjoy? Well, slab of ribs. I I could be known as S.O. Ribs. New York Strip, just call me NY for short. Or Salem's Smokehouse Dogs, just call me S.S. Dog, if you're going to abbreviate the first couple of, uh, the the first name and the middle name. But I, I got a kick out of it. Bacon Double Cheeseburger, and I am looking at a picture that was associated with the story that was on foxnews.com, and I am drooling right now. I am foaming at them, salivating, because this is one of these pictures you see that you only see in a commercial. You know, the, the bun is just perfectly puffy. You see the, the, the burger patties that are just oozing with juiciness. You see the cheese just slightly melted over the burger patty, and then you see the crispy bacon strips just wavering just kind of a nice little wave their little rolling action of the bacon it's just beautiful and now chances are after today's show lieutenants for lunch maneuvers i'm going to want to go out and have a bacon double cheeseburger in honor of bd cheeseburger so you gotta love that guy loves the cheeseburger changes his name mazel tov to uh the man formerly known as sam smith now known known as bacon double cheeseburger the debate thursday evening Trump was is the front runner being ganged up on by Marco Lightweight Rubio and Ted Do Not Trust Cruz. So I've got a couple of comments, and of course you knew I was going to. For those of you that follow my Twitter feed, I'm relatively active during any sort of presidential debates or political speeches. And of course I was this past Thursday evening. But before we get into the debate the specifics about Rubio attacking Trump and Cruz going after Trump. Donald Trump, since he launched his campaign back maybe last June or July, has talked about terrible trade deals. Terrible trade deals with Mexico, with China, with Japan. And he's 100% correct. And all you need to do, I always say the past is prologue, and all you need to do is go back 24 years ago to the 1992 presidential debate in which H. Ross Perot, the founder of uh, EDS and Perot Data Systems, was the independent candidate, and he said, you're going to hear a giant sucking sound with his Texas twang when he talked about the negative effects of the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, which he opposed. And so let's go back 24 years ago and listen to what H. Ross Perot had to say at the time. We have got to stop sending jobs overseas. 
to those of you in the audience who are business people, pretty simple. If you're paying $12, $13, $14 an hour for factory workers, and you can move your factory south of the border, pay a dollar an hour for labor, hire a young 25, that's assume you've been in business for a long time, you've got a mature workforce. Pay a dollar an hour for your labor, have no health care, that's the most expensive single element making a car, have no environmental controls, no pollution controls, and no retirement, and you don't care about anything but making money, there will be a giant sucking sound going south. So we, if, if the people send me to Washington, the first thing I'll do is study that 2,000-page agreement and make sure it's a two-way street. I, one last point here. I've called, I decided I was dumb and didn't understand it, so I called a who's who of the folks who've been around it. And I said, why won't everybody go south? They said, we'll be disruptive. I said, for how long? I finally got them up for 12 to 15 years. And I said, well, how does it stop being disruptive? And that is when their jobs come up from a dollar an hour to $6 an hour and ours go down to $6 an hour, then it's leveled again. But in the meantime, you've wrecked the country with these kinds of deals. How prescient, how right was H. Ross Perot? Now, he said he was right and he was wrong. He was right but he, when he said there's going to be a giant sucking sound. Actually, I think I'd like to do the show in H. Ross Perot, Texas Twang, the entire show. Now, let me just tell you one thing. There's going to be a giant sucking sound that you're going to feel in this country for the next 12 to 15 years. Well, he was wrong about that. He was right about the giant sucking sound. He was right about the jobs leaving the United States, but he was wrong about the time. He said it will take 12 to 15 years until we adjust, bring our wages down, and then we can be on parity. We can compete with Mexico. Well, it's been 24 years, and we are getting our asses handed to us by the Mexicans. We're getting handed to us by the Mexicans, by the Chinese, and the Japanese. Now, whether or not you support Donald Trump or not, if you are a patriotic American, you want to see this country succeed. And the way we succeed is continuing to be the economic powerhouse. Why did we become such a great powerhouse in the 19... 40s and 50s and 60s, because we manufactured items. People were working in factories, good wages. They were buying the products they were making. We don't make diddly squat anymore. And that is, an, it really is an absolute travesty. And he talked about 2,000-page NAFTA, North American Free Trade Agreement. And now we're seeing there's this uh, pan Trans-Pacific Trade Agreement, thousands and thousands of pages. Nobody knows what the hell's in there. And yet, here we are 24 years later, and we are getting it handed to us. Mexico is continuing to steal our jobs. We are seeing, whether it's Vietnam, China, Japan, you name it, our jobs are going away. And so this American has had enough. I've had enough of the politicians, and Trump didn't have a great performance on Thursday evening. I felt he was unprepared, and I'm a big Trump supporter. You all know that. Rubio won the debate, hands down. Why Trump wasn't prepared is beyond me. Mitt Romney already threw the first dart. You knew they were going to come after Trump. Trump knew it, that they were going to come after him about his tax returns. And instead, he gives a song and dance about being audited. What he should have said was, First of all, he said, for the financial disclosure agreement that we all have to file, I filed it, which is the only thing really required by law. He said, I filed it on time, no extensions. I had the largest financial statement 
financial report of any candidate on stage, and I filed it on time when my other opponents here had far smaller reports and couldn't get it on time. That being said, my other two opponents haven't released theirs, but I will release mine on March 1st, or he could have said, I've decided to release the uh, three most recent returns or my most recent return that I have, or two years of returns. It's already been released. It's already on our website, and it's free for anyone to take a look at. You would have heard a giant, you heard about giant sucking sound? Let me tell you something. Marco would have had a giant silent sound, okay? You wouldn't have heard diddly from, from, from good old Marco Rubio. Nothing. He wasn't prepared on the specifics about how we would repeal and replace Obamacare to say that we're only going to have we're going to we're going to eliminate state lines that's not enough and he also at this point should start saying these are the people that are going to be my my kitchen cabinet until I am elected start talking about the people that are going to advise you on foreign policy on health care on economic matters enough with saying Carl Icahn Carl Icahn Carl Icahn Carl Icahn's approaching 80 maybe above 80 Carl Icahn's not going to be our, uh, our Secretary of, uh, of the Treasury. Carl Icahn may be a negotiator. That's great. But you need more than Carl Icahn to turn this country around. Donald Trump, if you're going to be president, you better be prepared. Start listening to some of the people around you. This reminds me of a general, and I've seen generals like that, that basically are, are oblivious to what is happening around them. A good leader, a good general... A good executive always has intel, knows what's going around he or her at all times. Donald Trump got his ass handed to him. It's not going to affect him in terms of support, but long term, when you start going up against Hillary Clinton, you better be prepared, Donald. You better be ready. And Ross Perot was 100% right. The chickens have come home to roost. The giant sucking sound is Mexico handing it to us, bending us over without the benefit of any KY, and ramming it right up our rears. Enough is enough. And I'm an American that doesn't apologize for wanting to win, for wanting to have a great country, and wanting to beat the living daylights out of China and Mexico and any other country when it comes to economic supremacy or military supremacy. I'm not a pansy-ass little wussified beta that says, oh, let's all be equal. No, I believe in the superiority of the United States of America, and so do you. The February selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is Royale from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. This gorgeous cigar has initial flavors of sweet spice and espresso that transition to roasted almonds, leather, and earthy undertones. It has an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and two binders from Rocky Patel's own proprietary farms in Nicaragua. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. It's
It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm-hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. If you're like millions of cigar buffs, you've enjoyed a love affair with Romeo y Julieta. Your passion has made it the world's best-known brand, trusted to deliver an excellent mild smoke. But now, you're ready for something new and avant-garde, something bolder with more panache. Now, there's Romeo by Romeo y Julieta, a modern, fuller-bodied smoke created to lead an exciting new trend in luxury cigars. Romeo is our finest Romeo y Julieta, an awesome manly smoke, robust and rich in complex flavor sensations. Each leaf is carefully selected, delicately aged, and meticulously crafted by expert hands full of wisdom and tenderness. Hands with decades of experience, culminating in an unforgettable smoke. Your first Romeo will blow you away. The passion you've always felt will soar to new heights. You'll discover the passion that burns within. Visit The Cigar Life on Facebook and Twitter. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. March Officers Club selection is New Wave Reserva from E.P. Carrillo. Sign up today at CigarDave.com to have these cigars shipped directly to you next month. Cigars, spirits, and sex. They all go together in the alpha male lifestyle. A couple of items relating to the latter subject, sex. Saw this in the Wall Street Journal. Got a kick out of it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, This is regarding a health insurance brokerage startup 
in San Francisco by the uh, name of Zenefits. Headline, Zenefits once told employees no sex in stairwells. Startup also bans alcohol in the office as it tries to reverse rambunctious culture. The new chief executive uh, of the company is trying to tame things down. As this company was growing, it got to be like a frat house, so they wanted to make it a little bit more conservative. Well, this is a classic. Uh, Last June, the company's director of real estate and workplace services sent a note to all the San Francisco-based employees of Zenefits, and it read, It has been brought to our attention by building management and security that the stairwells are being used inappropriately. Cigarettes, plastic cups filled with beer, and several used condoms were found in the stairwell. Yes, you read that right. Do not use the stairwells to smoke, drink, eat, or have sex. Please respect building and company policy and use common sense. What is this country coming to when you cannot eat or smoke a cigar or conduct uh, or engage in sexual liaison maneuvers in a stairwell? Stairwells are there for one reason for clandestine sexual liaison and pleasure maneuvers. So I got a kick out of that. And also they're discontinuing any alcohol, which I think is a little bit excessive. They want to be more buttoned down, being that they are in the healthcare industry. And my response is, if you cannot have sex in the stairwell, where can you have it in a building? Well, you could have it in your office. If, you have, uh, if you've got some privacy, you could certainly have it there. But I did get a kick out of that. No sex in stairwells. Jeez, never heard of that ever happening, right? This is a classic from the People's Republic of Utah, where, of course, you may have 20 to 30 wives at any one given time. A Utah state senator is taking a stand against pornography for creating a sexually toxic environment, increasing the demand for prostitution, and ruining families. Now, this is a classic. Senator Todd Weiler, a Republican from the 3rd century, introduced a legislation that the state recognized that porn is creating a public health hazard. And he's saying that pornography is an epidemic that is harming the citizens of Utah and the nation. He said that porn was more addictive than powerful drugs. The public needed to start seeing adult films as a national epidemic. I see adult films as a national pleasure pastime. It, It does good work. We should be exposed to more of that type of artistic material and I get a kick out of uh, him comparing porn to cigarettes in the early 20th century when doctors and celebrities openly smoked and advertised them as healthy he said that uh, he hopes to shift the public opinion on adult entertainment the way it has on cigarettes and all I can tell you is he uses the Global warming excuse. He said these are scientific facts just like global warming. And he blamed porn for pushing men away from marriage, destroying family values. Listen, wives that don't put out are responsible for pushing men away from their marriage. Very simple. I think he ought to worry about servicing his 35 wives in the state of Utah. You you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. 
in this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is going to be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap, using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy, and you're going to bootleg, and that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive fantastic selections the first quarter of 2016, beginning with the January 2016 selection of Perla Del Mar cigars by J.C. Newman. In February, the Rocky Patel Royale cigars were featured, and coming in March, the E.P. Carillo New Wave Reserva. Get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars shipped right to your mailbox. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. Unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. I have just received my February 2016 Officers Club selection, the Rocky Patel Royale. Medium to full flavored cigar, loads of flavor and complexity, sweet spice, espresso, very balanced, very smooth, beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. Nice oily, shiny wrapper. Two different binders, Connecticut Shade and Connecticut Broadleaf. The Connecticut Shade adds a little bit of smoothness and sweetness, and so too does the Connecticut Broadleaf sweetness with a little bit of heft. And the fillers are grown from Rocky Patel's proprietary farms in Nicaragua. Two farms, one in Condega, and the other in Esteli, and what you have is a magnificent cigar. We sent out three Robustos, and that's exactly what I will enjoy today. Five inches in length with a 52 ring gauge, 52 sixty-fourths of an inch in diameter is the cigar. And this cigar, I remember when Rocky was working on the blends. I was down at Rocky Patel headquarters a number of times, and he said, General, try this. Smoked it. Gave my impressions. Came back a few months later, try this. And it took him, I think he told me about 20, 30 iterations until he was able to get it right. He wanted just the right of strength with the right amount of sweetness and smoothness. It is an incredible cigar, rave reviews. About uh, eight and a half, actually, a little bit more than that, about a $9 suggested retail price for the cigar. The Rocky Patel Royale, that's what I will enjoy today. And those of you that are members of the Officers Club, many of you should have received them by today. 
If not, you'll get them by early next week. And we've got another great cigar for the March 2016 selection, the E.P. Carillo New Wave Reserva. Absolutely spectacular cigar. In fact, we've got a wonderful video that we have uh, posted right at CigarDave.com. The New Wave Reserva with an incredible Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Connecticut Broadleaf binder, a couple of different country fillers, very, very smooth. So we have two great back-to-back selections. The February 2016 selection, the Rocky Patel Royale, and in March, the New Wave Reserva by E.P. Carillo. Lieutenants, if you are not a member of the Officers Club, why not? What are you waiting for? Go to CigarDave.com, sign up, and you will get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars each and every month. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine, ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I've got my Cigar Dave signature, lock and load, three-torch litation device. I got three big butane flames flying off of this litation device. Huge tank from the R&D laboratories. That's what I will use today. It will beautifully and perfectly light my Rocky Patel Royale with the 52 ring gauge at the foot. Cigar Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one... Okay, perfect cut. Hmm, very nice draw. Now I will gently toast the foot of this cigar. Hmm. Oh, yeah, listen to that, bad boy. Listen to that. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. Hmm. Great draw. Great taste. Great aroma. Hmm. That is nice. Hmm. Let me... Blow on the foot of the cigar. Take another puff. Very pleasant. Very nice. Let me take another puff. And I'm going to savor it. I'm not going to read any rush. Mm. Very nice. Now I'm going to let it rest for about a minute. Don't want to overheat the cigar. And as I do that, I need something to accompany with it. And I've got the perfect accoutrement. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I received a sample bottle from Angel's Envy. Wonderful bourbon whiskey. And uh, we've been a big Angel's uh, Envy fan for a very long time. And Lincoln Henderson, the original master distiller, who was the man behind Woodford Reserve, another great spirit that we very much enjoy, Been producing Angel's Envy for now probably about seven, eight years. And this year, I should say 2015, not this year, but 2015, late 2015, they released for the very first time their Angel's Envy Cask Strength. Bourbon whiskey finished in port barrels, but cask strength. This is the strength coming right out of the cask. 127.9 proof, or 63 0.95% alcohol by volume. We'll call it 64. So it's definitely going to be a fuller flavored whiskey. I've got a sampler bottle, not for individual sale. I've got pictures that we have posted. 
And when I tell you why, they didn't give me an entire bottle. Normally, they'll send me an entire bottle of sample. But the suggested retail for the Angel's Envy Cast Strength, which is limited to less than 8,000 bottles, suggested retail is $499.95. Now, here's the deal. The actual, I should say, the actual retail price, suggested retail is 170 but actually I'm seeing it anywhere between 400 to 499.95. In fact, the last three places that I looked, both were in the 480 to 495, 499 area. Very, very difficult to obtain. It's got a rich gold amber depth color to it. Let me open this sample bottle up. Let me pour just a little bit. Mmm. And I'm only pouring probably a teaspoon. That's it. Because I've got to make this last. There is not much. Uh, if a bottle is 750 milliliters, this may be yeah, this may be 50 milliliters, 75 milliliters. It's not a lot. It's got to last me. Wonderful nose. Wow. A lot of caramel, vanilla, some orange peel citrus. Definitely can get a little bit of the woodiness on it. Let me say... Cheers. Take a sip of this. Whoa. Yeah. Woo. Wow. On the patented trademark CDWF Cigar Dave Warm Factor. Normally it goes to a 10. This is about a 20. Wow. Major warmth, major strength, major heat lingering after in my throat. Now, in terms of taste, some honey, some pepper. Let me take another sip here. Mm. Definitely some tartness. Some corn. Very peppery. Mm. I think that pretty much describes it. Now, the finish... Very warm, very hot on the on the palate. I would tell you this: <clears throat> if you are looking for a sipping whiskey, this may not be what you are looking for because it's very full. Now, personally, if I'm going to enjoy something cask strength, and I'm going to pay this kind of money, I'm not sure that I want to dilute it with any water or branch. I think I want to have it straight up in a snifter, very, very slowly. You could put a splash of water, just a splash, to tame it a little bit. But part of the reason that you are going to purchase a bottle of cask-strength bourbon or scotch is because you want the full richness coming out of that barrel. And man, oh man, do you ever get the richness coming out of this barrel. I'm going to tell you this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for a wussified beta. This is not for somebody that has a very very light palate. This is for somebody that wants a lot of strength, a lot of flavor, and is not afraid to go mano y mano with 130 proof or 127.9 proof cast strength bourbon whiskey. Very, very pleasant. And even though it is very full flavored, it does match up very nicely with my Rocky Patel Royale. So a very nice combination. I'll take a puff of my Rocky Patel Royale. Hmm. Very nice. Now I'll take a sip of the Angel's Envy cask strength again. 127.9 proof, 60 
4% alcohol by volume. Another sip. Mm. Oh. You have a sore throat? A couple of sips of this. You're going to be in much better shape, I will guarantee you. So our Rocky Patel Royale and my Angel's Envy cast strength perfectly accompanying each other, enjoying both of them, a very nice taste on the palate, and our litation and libation ceremony is now officially complete in the annals of history, but I will enjoy this cigar for the next and the libation as we continue front and center. Lieutenants, we have much more to get to. As I mentioned, the March 2016 Officers Club selection is the Ipicario New Wave Reserva. Beautiful, medium-flavored cigar. Everything Ernesto Perez Carrillo makes. Delicious. We made the announcement, took a nice uh, video with Lizette Perez Carrillo right in the E.P. Carrillo humidor in their uh, Miami headquarters. You can check it at CigarDave.com. And don't forget, join the CigarDave.com, or the correction, the Cigar Dave Officers Club right now by going to CigarDave.com. Some great selections that we have offered the last 15 years and many more coming your way. Lieutenants, we will continue enjoying the alpha male good life right around the corner. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Rocky Patel Royale. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar with loads of flavor and complexity. The Rocky Patel Royale is cloaked in a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Connecticut shade, and Connecticut broadleaf binders with Nicaraguan fillers. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDaves.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. 
For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. USDA certified alpha male with zero trace of wussification. It's the General Cigar Cigar Dave. Dave. Just took another sip of my Angel's Envy cask strength before we resumed broadcast conversational maneuvers. And I have to tell you, it is still lingering. What a very, very impressive spirit right out of the cask. Definitely full, and that's what comes out before the the bourbon is cut with some water to reduce its alcohol content, to reduce its, its proof. But as we know, bourbon, whiskey, other types of alcoholic beverages, distilled spirits, have made an incredible comeback. And if you take a look at the changes that have gone on over the last number of years, we have seen a huge rise in the popularity of bourbon, scotch whiskey, so much so that there are massive, massive shortages of certain bourbons. And we've seen numerous manufacturers that have started to take age statements off of their bourbon, where they used to have an eight-year statement or a six-year. They've reduced it. They've taken it off. So now that the bourbon or the whiskey that you're purchasing may not be eight years, may not be six years, could be four years. And that is a response to the popularity and the shortages of bourbon and other whiskeys and other distilled spirits. Well, there's a big problem for the beer industry, a big boon for distilled spirit or liquor. Despite the craft beer craze, beer has lost a portion of its share of U.S. alcohol revenue in 2015 to liquor for the sixth consecutive year and the 12th time in the past 15 years. The market share of beer fell from 56% in 2000 to 48% in 2015. Liquor has gone from 29% in 2000 to 35%, so it's made a slow gain. Wine, 16% to 17%. Wine has held pretty steady, even though more and more younger Millennials are now developing a taste for fine wine. But there is no question that liquor distilled spirits have been on the rise. Number of reasons. It's gained popularity due to a major cocktail renaissance. We have had numerous times, we've had mixologist Ryan Pines front and center, a resident mixologist. And he is able to craft very unique concoctions with different spirits that are off the charts almost pre-prohibition type of spirits. So there's been a huge, major cocktail renaissance. We've seen more television advertising. And younger drinkers are more fickle. They don't just drink either beer or wine or distilled spirit. They freely switch between beer, whiskey, and wine. And if you look at the craft beer industry, the craft beer industry is booming. It has never been better. Yet, many of those consumers 
who enjoy craft beer will just as frequently enjoy some sort of distilled spirit, whether it's bourbon or scotch whiskey or Irish whiskey or gin. They will switch around between wine, beer, and whiskey. The younger generations are consuming alcohol differently. They're not loyal to an alcohol type. And it has been, without any question, a huge comeback for distilled spirits because for many, many years they were downtrodden because we saw that with the higher alcohol content of distilled spirits, with increased enforcement of drinking and driving laws, many people stayed away. However, what we have seen is that people have tended to gravitate away from beer. Now they're going to distilled spirits. And there's more of an awareness of what the alcohol content is of distilled spirits and various cocktails. And another thing that has changed and transformed the rise of distilled spirits is the attitudes from and the emergence of cocktail bars coast to coast. We're seeing cocktail bars in Atlanta, here in the Cigar City of Tampa, New York, Chicago, L.A., you name it. They are all over the place. And one of the men behind the change was the bartender at New York's Rainbow Room, which is a top 30 rock, 30 Rockefeller Center in New York, Dale DeGroff, mixologist Dale DeGroff. He, back in the 1990s, did to distilled spirits and cocktails what many of the culinary pioneers did for food back in the 1950s and 60s. He introduced people to new flavors, took old recipes that uh, used cognac and used gin, and created some very unique cocktails. Mixologist Ryan, if you go to CigarDave.com, lieutenants, you will see many of the mixology concoctions that Mixologist Ryan has come up for us on numerous of our tastings, whether it is with uh, distilled or correction with champagne or sparkling wine or with Irish whiskey, you name it. He creates some very, very unique concoctions and cocktails that are off the charts. So the other item that has given way to the increase in the cocktail movement is consolidation in the liquor industry. You now really have three or four major players. Diageo, certainly Brown Foreman, Allied Demec, used to have multiple, multiple companies. Now you've got it in the hands of three or four. Let's also not forget Bacardi, which owns Dewars and Grey Goose. So you really have the big four. Those are the primary liquor companies, distilled spirits. And the other thing that they have done is they have lobbied to allow tastings in stores now in 38 states, up from 22 in 2001. And let's face it, when you go into a, a store, I don't care if you're going into a supermarket and they have various samples of a, different, a certain type of fish or type of uh, meat. Or you go into a cigar retailer and there's some sort of event. You purchase X number of cigars, they'll give you X number to sample. Same thing is happening now in wine and spirit stores across the country. Whereas before you could not, many of these retailers were unable to open up a bottle of a certain type of whiskey or bourbon and crack it open and pour you a sample. Today in 38 states, you can. That has fueled sales of many more uh, new and expensive distilled spirits, just as wine-tasting-fueled sales of new wines. And I'll give you a perfect example. I was in the one of the retailers back around the holidays, back in December, and I was very interested in one of the Scotch whiskeys. And when I said, look, you got to do a tasting of this? And it was an expensive Scotch whiskey. And they said, no, we don't do any tastings. 
And my answer was, why are you not doing tastings? If you would do a tasting, the chances are that somebody would sample it and say, you know, this is good, I'm going to buy a bottle. And as I was saying this to one of the clerks or one of the managers, two other men came in and said, you know, I'm just thinking the same thing. I would buy that in a second, but I want to be able to try a sip. Now, do you think the manager said, well, let me see what I can do. Let me see if we can get a couple of drams. And if they were smart, many of these retailers would try to get a hold of some sample drams from the distilled spirits manufacturers and say, look, give us a small 50-milliliter bottle. If we can give someone a sample, chances are we'll be able to sell that three, $400 bottle of scotch whiskey or of bourbon whiskey. Well, they were unresponsive. But we're seeing a change. More and more retailers are doing that. They're able to taste. The other thing that has worked in the distilled spirit company's favor, television advertising. They had a self-imposed ban in 1996. Now they have been advertising not only on cable, but on local TV as well as network TV. And let's face it, shows like Mad Men, Boardwalk Empire, they have all helped refuel a big popularity of distilled spirits without any question. Sales of bourbon Jack Daniels up 45% from 2011. And we know why. Because distilled spirits go back to a very much simpler time. Beautiful spirits, sample them, enjoy. That's what it is all about. So a big change. Lieutenants will continue our number two around the corner. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive fantastic selections the first quarter of 2016, beginning with the January 2016 selection of Perla Del Mar cigars by J.C. Newman. In February, the Rocky Patel Royale cigars were featured, and coming in March, the E.P. Carillo New Wave Reserva. Get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars shipped right to your mailbox. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. We are under attack once again. And you'll never guess by whom. Would it be one President Obama? You would be correct. Coming after us again, trying to rape our pockets, our wallets, so he may fund another program for the children. We will not allow that to happen. And as America's Alpha Male-in-Chief, I can tell you that here in Command Center Alpha's Situation Room, we are ready to tackle the enemy head-on. We're ready to tackle those that would like to tax our products disproportionately. We are ready to attack those that would like to take away our right of free speech and free thought. We will tackle the enemies of pleasure, the proponents of political correctness, and we will not beat them. We will annihilate them completely 
We're not here to make peace. We're here to destroy the enemy, lieutenants. And we welcome you back, our number two. As always, I extend to you my long-ash greetings and salutations. Now, I have moved from Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A into the Command Center Alpha Situation Room. I am surrounded by TV monitors. I am monitoring what is going on in Washington. I am monitoring. We have got screens filled with those enemies of free speech and free thought that would like to go after everything because they deem it to be politically incorrect. And first and foremost, we are under attack because it never fails When it comes to raising taxes, we're the first they go after. So buckle up, lieutenants. We're going front and center, and we are going to tackle the enemy right now. Warning. Warning. We've reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by as your general enacts countermeasures. Well, not only do I believe that Barack Hussein Obama is an enemy of cigar connoisseurs, I also believe he is an enemy of America. I believe that he is the first president in America's history to genuinely have a hatred of America and American values and the American capitalist system, except when it's good for he and his cronies. When he can sign a big book deal... It's okay for he and his cronies. But everyone else, forget it. I firmly believe that the Obama administration believe that there's only one of two ways that businesses make money. One, by screwing their employees, or two, by screwing consumers. That's what they believe. I have heard it time and time again from those members of Congress and the Senate who have dealt with the White House. That's what they believe. And they also believe that We as cigar connoisseurs are a bottomless pit of money and revenue for all their cockamamie new programs. Now, as you know, those of us that are cigar connoisseurs, every time we purchase a cigar, we are subject to a 52.75% excise tax on the wholesale cost of a cigar capped at 40, just over 40 cents per cigar. And that was enacted about five years ago to fund the S-CHIP, a little longer than that, maybe about six years ago, to uh, enact the State Children's Health Insurance Program. You and I as cigar connoisseurs, every time we purchase a cigar, pay for children, the children, to have health insurance. I don't ever recall getting a thank you note from any of the children. I don't recall ever getting a thank you note from from the bureaucrats in Washington. Yet every time we go to purchase a cigar, we are paying for children to get health insurance. Now, I have a problem with that. I have a problem because we as a group, one group singled out each and every time. If it's so important to this country, then make every single person in America pay it. You know how to do it? A one-cent parole tax on toilet tissue. And I proposed that a number of years ago, and people laugh, but the reality is everybody would pay for it. I mean, everybody hits the can now and then, right? But why is it that we as cigar connoisseurs are always the ones where these government bureaucrats and these taxocrats line up and wait to kick us in the ass and rape, basically rape us by diving into our pockets, taking more and more money for a legal product? And as you know, we as cigar connoisseurs, without any question, 
are the most philanthropic group in the country. We're not like the Democrats, the taxocrats, the Joe Bidens that tell everybody you should give to charity and we need to take more of your money, and yet they never even write a check. I'm always amused when Joe Biden released his tax returns and it showed that he gave, I think, 15000 to charity, of which like $12,000 was given to Goodwill, old merchandise that he had lying around the house. He didn't give anything. And the taxocrats are the first to say we need to come in and take money away from you, but they never are philanthropic. They never write the check. They do it with other people's money. We as cigar connoisseurs, we're more than happy to be philanthropic without the government telling us. And here's the latest example. In Barack Hussein Obama's budget proposal for fiscal year 2017, he has created a new program called Preschool for All. Bill Clinton. By the way, have you seen Bill Clinton? He looks like a walking corpse. He looks horrible. And I'll tell you, he looks, he just sounds like he's ready to, you know, just kick over at any time. And just sounds, listen, I got to live with Hillary. It's so depressing. I, I, I've never seen a guy that was, that was so, uh, just had charisma on the campaign trail, look like he's just about half in the bag. Looks terrible. But preschool for all, Obama and his administration have proposed preschool for all. And how are they going to fund preschool for all? Ah, an increase in the federal tax on cigarettes and other tobacco products, specifically cigars and pipe tobacco. So what would this mean? For cigars, they are proposing an increase in the tax from 52.75% of the wholesale cost of a cigar, capped at 40 cents, to 102%. Almost a 100% increase in the tax rate and 102% of the wholesale price of a cigar capped at 93.72 cents. We'll call it 94 cents. Now, here's the deal. If you smoke premium cigars, most premium cigars, the average wholesale cost is going to be $3 and above. So consequently, the $3 tax would be capped, or $3, the tax would be capped and is now at 40 cents, it would probably go to 94 cents. But if you smoke mass market cigars, where the price of a cigar is, let's say, 60 cents, now all of a sudden, your tax rate, 100%, you're going to pay a 100% tax on that cigar. So the wholesale cost, let's say, of a machine-made cigar, a Swisher Sweet, a Havitampa, is 60 cents. After the tax, it's going to go up to... A dollar twenty before it even gets to the retailer's shelf. Now, do you think a one hundred and two point two percent tax rate is onerous? I think right now the fifty two point seven percent, the fifty three percent tax rate is onerous, even with a cap. Why is it that every time they go back for more money, a new program will just go back to the people that smoke cigars, and it gets even worse? For those of you, and we know many, some cigar connoisseurs enjoy smoking a pipe. I'm not a pipe connoisseur. The people I know that smoke pipes are more professorial. They definitely are, I think, more of a type B personality. They're definitely more laid back. I'm certainly type A all the way, as in type alpha. But the pipe tobacco tax would increase from $2.83 per pound 
to $44.23 per pound, a 1,000% increase. Imagine that. Normally, pipe tobacco is what? Maybe, I don't know, $6, $8 a pound? The tax would go to $44 a pound on this proposal. And it shows you how disconnected government is and the bureaucrats with the reality. You will have a huge black market. People will buy overseas. They will buy illegally. But this is the flawed thinking of government and of bureaucrats. Raise the taxes, people will continue paying. And what they'll say is, well, no, the reason we're putting the tax in is we want less people to smoke. Fewer people smoking cigars. Okay, great. Let's say the people that consume cigars and cigarettes goes to zero. Then who are they going to screw over? Who are they going to go after next? they got to fund the S-CHIP program, the preschool for all. Obama loves to dive into other people's pockets. Loves to create all these bureaucratic programs, but never makes everyone share in paying for them. Well, here is the good news. Obama's budget is dead on arrival. Republican leadership in both houses of Congress have indicated, both houses of Congress, the Senate, the House of Representatives, they've indicated they don't intend to hold any hearings on the proposal. It will die. Thank goodness we have a Republican majority in the House and the Senate. And the reason that we got screwed on the S-chip is because of the Democrats. The reason that we have gotten screwed on the FDA, where the FDA would like to regulate and oversee cigars, including premium cigars, is because of the Democrats. They were the ones that passed Obama's regulation when they controlled the executive branch and both houses of the legislative branch. So I am thrilled that we have the opposition party putting a stop to Obama's ludicrous proposal. Preschool for all is more like cigar connoisseurs getting screwed for all. And that's what gets me about the, the, the executive branch, the legislative branch, the bureaucrats. Tax, 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 tax. Never do they ever look and say, we need to start cutting out the bloat. We need to cut out the bureaucracy. We need to cut these programs Never happens. Never. And we need someone that will get into Washington and say, enough of this nonsense. Do we need a Department of Commerce? I don't think so. Do we need a Department of Education? I don't think so. Do we need all this waste and all these government uh, bureaucracies? Do we need all these bureaucrats? I don't think so. When the government shut down, what was it, a number of years ago? Did you miss a beat? I don't know. I, I came in. I got up that morning. The lights worked. TVs worked. My coffee maker worked. The restaurants were open. My car worked. The gas stations were open. We didn't miss a beat. It's about time we start cutting instead of adding. And this is the latest example, and this is why Barack Obama is an enemy, not only of cigar connoisseurs, but of an enemy of America. Proposing doubling the tax to 102% of the wholesale cost of your cigar. And if you're a pipe smoker... Increasing the tax a thousand percent to forty-four bucks a pound for your pipe tobacco. Where does it end? I'll tell you when it ends. January twentieth, two thousand seventeen, at eleven fifty-nine a.m. in the morning. Actually, to be specific, eleven fifty-nine fifty-nine, when Obama's reign of terror over this country 
comes to an end. And if I'm the next president, and I do hope that it's going to be Donald Trump, there's always a custom. There's a tradition that the new president signs an order allowing the outgoing president one last trip on Air Force One to take him wherever the hell he wants to go. One final send-off gets to go in Marine One to the airport, to Andrews Air Force Base, gets to board Air Force One, although it's not Air Force One when the former president is on it. It becomes Special Mission 26,000, the tail number of the presidential airplanes. Well, here's what I would do if I was Donald Trump. I'd say, here's your choice. We're going to give you one free ride, but it's not going to be on Air Force One. We're going to give you a complimentary ride on the next NASA space vehicle, NASA space vehicle, next rocket that's going out. I don't give a damn if it's to Mars, to Pluto, to Uranus. I don't care if it just orbits the Earth. Send Barack Obama on it and make sure he never comes back. He has done enough damage. I'm reminded of when Senator McCarthy, in the communist hearings back in the 50s, when one of his opponents looked at him and said, Senator McCarthy, have you not done enough to destroy this country? That same quote is valid today. Barack Hussein Obama Have you not done enough to destroy this country? The answer is, you better believe it. Enough with the taxes. January 20th, 2017, once and for all, we can say to Barack Obama, adios, mofo. The February selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is Royale from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. This gorgeous cigar has initial flavors of sweet spice and espresso that transition to roasted almonds, leather, and earthy undertones. It has an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and two binders from Rocky Patel's own proprietary farms in Nicaragua. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. Hey, I need to hit the bank before we get on the road. Is it your bank across town? No, no. It's right here. Uh, that's a tobacconist. Yeah, I need to pick up some annuities and currency. Did you knock your head really hard recently? I'm picking up the Banker by H. Upman. Annuity and currency are two sizes. You know I don't understand all that financial mumbo-jumbo. And the Banker is a new cigar made with rich tobaccos inspired by the original H. Upman that was created in 1844 by the Upman brothers, who were bankers by trade. It was given as unique present for their most important clients, and the prize cigar was stored in a vault under lock and key. The only thing my banker has ever given me was a calendar with pictures of his dog dressed as pinup models. It sounds like you need a new banker. Only if you're talking about the cigar. Purchase the banker by H. Upman at your local tobacconist today and look for ways you can crack the code to the vault of the banker by H. Upman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access 
within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. The March Officers Club selection is New Wave Reserva from E.P. Carrillo. Sign up today at CigarDave.com to have these cigars shipped directly to you next month. We have been so jammed with various show-related topics and different feature shows that we have not had a a chance to get to a couple of items that have been lingering around. So let's do that relatively quickly here. First of all, this comes to us from the People's Republic of China. This is a classic bikini-clad women audition for flight attendant jobs in China. uh, An airline in China is requiring that women wear bikinis in a flight attendant uh, competition that has enraged the world's largest labor union for flight attendants. Now, this goes back, reminds me of the good old days of traveling by air, when every flight attendant was a 10, when they were all single. You know, at one time, if a flight attendant got married, that was it. They had to leave. Not a bad idea. Maybe we should go back to that. There's nothing wrong with wanting hot stews on a flight, like the good old days. So this audition was held by a modeling school in Qingdao, China, requiring women to parade in bikinis for a chance to become flight attendants. Modeling agency Oriental Beauty hosted the event. Entrants were required to be elegant, slim, have a sweet voice, and have no scars in the exposed part of their skin. So far, no problem. To be considered for the competition, women had to be at least 5'6", but those who were shorter at least 5'5", but especially pretty, could get an exemption. And, of course, the president of the Association of Flight Attendants, CWA, AFL-CIO, the AFA, 
said in a statement, we condemn those responsible for this publicity stunt at the expense of women everywhere. This is not a fight for just the women, a fight for just the women of China. In this era of increased globalization and trade agreements that pit American workers against those abhorrent labor practices, our union understands this very real threat to flight attendants in the U.S. and around the world. No, the threat that the flight attendants in the U.S. face is the fact that they're not as hot as the foreign flag carriers. Virgin Atlantic, tens. I remember I was in Miami at the Intercontinental Hotel a couple of summers ago, go down to check out, all of a sudden I see a swarm of these gorgeous, hot, bodacious babes, flight attendants, stewardesses like in the old days, about 40 of them, all coming down, looking hot in their virgin Atlantic red uniforms. My mouth opened up and I said, now that's the way to travel. So I say, Why go after this airline in China? Why go after new China airlines? Let's commend them. They want to bring hot stewardesses back in the cabin. Who could be against that? Certainly not this alpha. The General is always on Twitter. Delivering breaking news. Giving you the latest intel on cigars. And battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. <laughs> what about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive fantastic selections the first quarter of 2016, beginning with the January 2016 selection of Perla Del Mar cigars by J.C. Newman. In February, the Rocky Patel Royale cigars were featured, and coming in March, the E.P. Carillo New Wave Reserva. Get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars shipped right to your mailbox. Go to CigarDave.com now and join the Officers Club. Nothing like the sight of a gorgeous dame with a big double corona hanging out of her mouth. Uh. On second thought, uh, maybe there is. This is the Cigar Dave Show. 
Oh, voice talent Ed, behave. Oh, behave. We don't believe in behaving here on the Cigar Dave Show. We are politically incorrect, and we are damn proud of it. Every time I hear this music, it reminds me of Cayocho, Southwest 8th Street, down in Miami, having a cigar, a cafe con leche, or cafe cubano. Nice warm weather. Nothing goes uh, great. Nothing. It goes perfectly when you are walking down in Miami with a cigar and have all the proper accoutrements, little music going on. Life is good, as our good friend Lee Corso would say. Well, life is not so good when it comes to the enemies of speech. The pleasure police are inventing ways to be harmed again. Here's another microaggression atrocity. Well, let's go to the People's Republic of Penn State University up in Pennsylvania. Here's the headline. Penn State asked students to report microaggressions to administrators. At Penn State, no hurt feeling is too small, no slight too inconsequential, no unintentional bias statement too unimportant. Administrators want the know-it-all. They are now involved in a massive campaign that encourages students to watch what they say, Less defend someone, but also report any and all biased statements to campus officials. So I wonder if I'm going in the cafeteria and I eat their food and I say, oh, this food is terrible. It tastes like the stuff that uh, Michelle Obama is making high school and grade school student eats. Unedible. Am I going to be reported for microaggressing towards the food? Do I have to make an apology towards the food? As part of this campaign, the university is using posters and magnets to emphasize its report bias system set up under the office of the vice provost for educational equality. And and I'm looking at one of these posters now, and it says, be the difference, exclamation point. It's like Jeb, exclamation point. Be the difference, exclamation point. Take a stand for a positive campus climate. Help stop discrimination, sexual assault, homophobia, hate, bigotry, hostility, violence, cruelty, intolerance, prejudice, inequality, racism, bullying, blah, 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 blah. Report a biased incident. No, what they want you to do is they want you to squeal for anything that's inconsequential. And by the way, offending somebody is absolutely guaranteed under the U.S. Constitution. And the fact of the matter is now that we have this microaggression nonsense where if I go into a university, and I say, you know, next month is St. Patrick's Day. So on St. Patrick's Day, we would like to feature Irish food. Let's have a St. Patty's Day evening food festival. And we're going to have corned beef and cabbage. And we're going to have bangers and mash. And all the traditional Irish staples, Irish delicacies. If one person says... I feel that I'm being microaggressed because I'm Irish. And I feel that by promoting St. Patty's Day, you're minimizing the role and importance of the Irish in the world, which we know is total nonsense. Because on St. Patty's Day, everyone's Irish. I'm Irish. You're Irish. We all celebrate being Irish. Ah, but if one person feels microaggressed, they can then call it into Penn State. They can call using the poster... They can do it online or call the Penn State bias hotline and say, I feel microaggressed. Please stop the St. Patrick's Day Irish Food Festival from taking place. And they're even saying that an act of intolerance includes microaggression. 
Here is what Lisa Powers, the director of Penn State's Strategic Communications Office, said. An act of intolerance can be identified as any forms of microaggressions, verbal assaults, and or racial subjugation. So let me see. If I go up to somebody and tell someone, you know what, let's say we're just talking about something or we're debating something, and I say, you know what, you're totally wrong. You're an idiot. Did I just verbally assault someone? Did I microaggress them? Will I be hauled in by Penn State campus cops, the Keystone State cops, and say, you're hereby charged with verbally assaulting another student and microaggressing. We're going to we're going to send you up in front of a judge and we will see what your bail will be. This is how absurd it's getting on college campuses. Because we have to protect those little darling college students because they can't protect themselves. They've been coddled for so long. They've been coddled and they've been pampered and we can't allow them to be microaggressed. Free speech, freedom of expression, even in those areas where you are offended, is guaranteed under the Constitution. But at Penn State, they're saying the First Amendment doesn't apply to those who express ideas with which we agree. It applies to those people that may offend someone. If, 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 the, if you are offending somebody, that maybe the First Amendment doesn't, shouldn't be taken into consideration. Baloney. First Amendment guarantees people they want Nazis want to march in Skokie, Illinois, which happened. It's their right. We may not like it, but it's their right under the First Amendment. If somebody wants to protest something else, they have the right. First Amendment guarantees freedom of thought, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. If you're offended, that does not qualify as a criminal act. But here at Penn State, let's report every microaggression. And here's another classic. We're talking about coddling the little college students because they need protection. They need to be put in a little cocoon, and they need to be protected from all those evil things and forces out there. Here's a classic headline. Sissification of millennials. Ivy League students complain of mental stress and failing grades due to their campus diversity activism. Brown University. Social justice activists there have complained that their activism is taking an emotional toll on them and that their extracurricular activities have at times caused them to fail classes. Boo effing who? If you want to go and protest, you want to go jump up and down and say that people are being micro, are microaggressing towards you, that's your right. But to blame that you're protesting and your activism is causing you to fail classes, you're the person responsible for that, no one else. Article in the uh, Brown Daily Herald said, the mental, emotional, and physical stress has taken its toll. There are people breaking down, ooh, too bad, dropping out of classes and failing classes because of the activism work they're taking on. David, an undergraduate whose name has been changed to preserve anonymity, said, that throughout the year he's worked to confront issues of racism and diversity on campus. But his role as a student activist has taken a toll on his mental, physical, and emotional health. My grades dropped dramatically, he said. My health completely changed. I lost weight. I'm on antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills right now. Oh, boo-hoo. I'm going to shed a tear for this clown. If you want to choose to be an activist, you want to protest, 
fine. But it's not our fault because you're now on antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills. Your grades have dropped. Your health has changed. And you're failing. That isn't our problem. That's your problem. This is the real world. This is another classic. Justice Gaines, class of 16, who uses the gender-neutral pronouns XE, XEM, and XY. I've never heard of this. I think it's pronounced Z, Zem, Z. I've never heard. What are, what are gender-neutral pronouns? It's him or it's her. If you want to call it and you're not sure, call it an it. But Z, Zem, and Z. I've never heard of this BS. He says, I don't feel okay with seeing students go through hardships without helping and organizing to make things better. Gaines said he had a panic attack and couldn't go to class for several days. A predicament that was alleviated by notes from campus deans to professors allowing more time to complete academic assignments. Are these deans out of their minds? Here's the real world. College is the real world. You have an assignment. When they tell you that it's due on March 13th by 5 p.m. in my office, it better be there. I had professors that told us, look, here's when it's due. Don't be a minute late. For every, for every hour that it's a minute late, or, or every hour that it's late, up to two hours, you lose an automatic grade. And there were many nights when I worked all night to get it done, to get it there on time, period. I didn't complain. I didn't say, Dean... I'm having a panic attack. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, this is taking an emotional toll on me. I'm, I need to get antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills. No, never. I had a great, uh, one of my favorite professors that I had at Syracuse University. Well, two of my favorite professors, the great uh, Dr. Roosevelt Rick Wright in the SI Newhouse School of Communications, one of my favorites. And the other was Dean L. Richard Oliker. He was the dean of the... School of Management at Syracuse University. And I remember taking a class with him, I think it was my junior or senior year. It was a great class, management class. But his classes would meet at 7.30 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you better be there on time. And his first thing he said is, my class is like the real world. You may as well pretend, not pretend, you may as well think that you are working for a company. Because when I say we're starting at 7.30, the door shuts at 7.30 and we are starting. And he was tough, but I loved him because he was very fair. He was black and white. He would tell you exactly what he required, what he wanted. He didn't play any. When he would tell you, hey, you better be here at lectures because this is where 90% of the stuff comes from, he wasn't fooling around. He was not BSing. He was telling it exactly like it was. Loved his class. And he also said something that was very interesting. He said, don't BS me. When we have a final exam or, or a question, and I ask you a question, give me a straight answer. Don't ramble on and on and on. And I'll never forget the first, we had a midterm and a final, and we had a paper due with him. And I'll never forget on the midterm exam, remember those, if you were in college, you got those little blue notebooks. Those little blue books where it had maybe like 14 pages of lined, uh, of lined paper. And, and it was uh, like a composition book that you would answer questions. He had, I'll never forget this, for the midterm, I think he had three questions total on the midterm. And he basically said, you get one book. If you need two books, you don't know the answer. So I get the things, and I look, and I said, this is almost too easy. I mean, he went over all this stuff. This is simple. So all three questions, I think I answered in maybe four or five sentences. That was it. 
I was done. I think we had an hour and 15 minutes to complete it. I think it was done in about 25 minutes. And I'm looking around, and maybe there's 50 other people, like 40 other people in the class, and I'm looking around. Everybody's writing and wanting more notebooks. They're writing on the side, and I'm like, something's wrong. Well, I handed it in. I was one of the first. Got an A on that on that term, and I will never forget. He brings it back the following week, and he said, now, for those of you that ended up writing novels for these questions, I said it very simply early on. When I ask a question, answer it succinctly and clearly. Don't ramble on. For those of you that rambled on and on, you didn't know the answer. And it was almost so simple. So in college, the point of the story is when you are in the real world, when you are in college, this is what you deal with. But for these college students to complain and say they need more time, that it's not fair because they're, they're, they're activists and, and they're failing and it's taking a toll and they need the administrators to give more time, too bad. That's life. That's the reality. What has happened to these? This is what happens when you give everyone a participation trophy. This is what happens when you tell kids from a young age, you're a winner. You are a champion. Forget that you came in last. You still, in my book, are a champion. Competition is healthy. Competition is good. One of the student activists for Latino issues said to this newspaper on the Brown University campus that homework was the least of my worries. Really? Well, if you'd rather spend time protesting full-time and failing out, that's your right. But then don't complain to the university saying you need more time. It is absolutely absurd. And it's laughable. Anybody with a third, not even a quarter of a brain, with with 1% of gray gray matter in their brain would be smart enough to realize that when you are in college, you get an assignment You better get it done. If you don't, you fail, you're out. That's simple. The Ivy League schools administrators, this is a classic at Brown, expressed support for the activism. The assistant dean of student support services, Ashley Ferrante, said, activism is an important part of the academic learning experience. I wonder, assistant dean Ferrante, is failing out part of the learning experience too? It is. And if they choose not to show up, if they can't get their assignments done, that's the real world. You fail. Enough of coddling these kids. They become giant wussies. This country has become a nation of wussified betas. This country has become soft. Why? Because we tell all these kids from a young age, you're great. You're a winner. You're a champion. You can do no wrong. You're perfect. And that's not the way the real world operates. I am proud to say that I always embrace competition, that I had a healthy, realistic view of the world. It doesn't always go your way. But when it doesn't, you work harder to make sure that you overcome. And I always believe this. Whenever anybody would tell me when I was growing up or any time in my career, you can't do this or can't do that, it would give me more incentive. It would light more of a fire in me to succeed and prove them wrong. And I can't tell you how many times that I achieved tremendous satisfaction when I would do something when people said you can't, and I would rub their noses in the dog, dog doo-doo. Would love it. That's exactly what I did. I wasn't afraid to rub it in after they told me I couldn't do something. As the great Francis Albert Sinatra, the chairman of the board, said, the best revenge is massive success. Maybe these wussified college students could learn a thing or two from not only Frank Sinatra, 
but from the real world. Lieutenants, the final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is Rocky Patel Royale. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar with loads of flavor and complexity. The Rocky Patel Royale is cloaked in a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Connecticut shade and Connecticut broadleaf binders with Nicaraguan fillers. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. The story that made the cigar. The cigar that made history. 80 years ago, Monte Cristo began a legacy of crafting only the finest cigars. Now, that legacy is honored by the very special, extremely limited edition Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar. Crafted for the first time, Dominican Pelotico Tobacco. Grown from seeds hand-carried from Cuba by Pepe Mendez. This exclusive cigar is like no other, rolled in a dark and oily Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. The Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary Cigar features a rich, fuller-bodied, and wonderfully complex smoke. Packaged in an elegant handmade box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Honor the legacy with the Monte Cristo 80th Anniversary. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Hi, I know everybody's familiar with a 95-rated decade, one of the finest cigars ever made and produced by Rocky Patel. Well, he outdid himself. I'm here to introduce a new decade Cameroon. It's got a beautiful African Cameroon wrapper on it. And when you put this wrapper with the wonderful blend of the decade cigar, it just takes it to another level. You get that little sweetness on the back of your palate. You get the cedar, the hickory notes with a little bit of spice. You know what I want to do? I want to just sit in my backyard or on my patio or a bar stool and enjoy the cigar. You can take it all the way down. I tell you, Rocky, you outdid yourself on this one. And if you haven't tried it, it's going to be at your local retail store. Go get yourself one. You won't be disappointed because this cigar, man, does it smoke great. The General has determined that enemies of pleasure are hazardous to your happiness. For your protection and sanity, they've been vaporized. Well, lieutenants, I didn't get a chance to mention it at the beginning of the show, but I thought it was uh, interesting that yesterday, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie endorsed Donald J. Trump. Didn't see that one coming. That came out of absolutely left field. But not surprising. However, I believe now that uh, you are going to see Chris Christie being a major attack dog on a one Marco lightweight empty suit Rubio. So I cannot wait to see the smackdown that Christie is going to give Rubio. And I've known, look, Rubio, for those of us that live in Florida, Rubio has been running for something or other since he was about 26. He was in the state house, became a very young speaker of the house. 
But for all practical purposes, Rubio is a career politician. And yes, I supported him. I voted for him over uh, in the uh, Republican primary when he ran against the former Governor Charlie Crist. Supported Rubio. He's been a good supporter of the cigar industry, but I do not believe he has the experience or the business savvy necessary to lead this country over the next four or eight years. He's simply not ready. He is Barack Obama light in that he is a one-term senator. He is a career politician. He has never done anything in the private sector per se. And for all practical purposes, he's as good of an order as Barack Obama. So they're both very similar. One-termers, somewhat career politicians, but have never done anything in the private sector. There are the similarities. That's not what we need. But I cannot wait to see Chris Christie go after Rubio because, let's face it, he gave Rubio a major smackdown at the last uh, debate. No ifs, ands, or buts. It it wasn't a technical knockout. It was a knockout. So we will see what happens with that. All right, here's another classic, lieutenants. You know, you talk about the thought police, the enemies of pleasure, what's going on. Uh, in the uh, in the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater, the chancellor came out after a Snapchat picture of two students was taken in their dorm room, uh, both with these black masks on. Now, at first, she thought, well, maybe they've got blackface. And she immediately, before even thinking what it was, as soon as I saw the picture, I knew exactly what it was. These two guys were giving themselves like a mud facial. But she immediately jumped to conclusion to the wrong conclusion. Immediately jumped, coming out with a lengthy statement about her plan for massive action in response to the to the image that was posted, saying that a disturbing racist post was made on social media. It was brought to my attention. The post was hurtful and destructive to our campus community. You have my promise that these steps are the only the starting points together will determine actions that will ultimately create a long-term cultural change. And went on and on and on. After finally realizing the two students were getting a mud facial, this Ph.D. admitted the photo was not harmful. Oops. But this is what happens now. People jump to conclusions. They look at the negative over everything. Innocent, innocuous picture. All of a sudden, it's a racist incident. She was put in her place. Enough is enough with the thought police, the enemies of pleasure. Lieutenant Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. And may we eradicate the enemies of pleasure and the enemies, all enemies of speech and food promptly.